there. First Corinthians 14. Verses 1 through 5 and verse 18. When you have it, say, I have it. I have it. All right, let's read together. Ready, read. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Verse um, 15 through 18. 15 through 18. I changed again on y'all. 15 through 18. You got it? Okay, let's go. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he, he does not understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Today, uh, tonight we're talking on this part two of speak with tongues more. Speak with tongues more more. Father God, tonight we thank you and praise you for the opportunity we have to spend this time in your word. I ask you once again, Father, to give your people hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts. I pray, Father, you give me divine utterance that, God, we may minister to the people what you have for us to receive, that, God, it may provoke us into a more intimate fellowship with you, that, God, we may establish and maintain a connection with you that will radically change every one of our lives. We receive from heaven tonight. Have your way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, on Sunday, we begin uh, teaching and exhorting you concerning speaking in tongues. Y'all remember that? Yes, sir. And I told you how from the very beginning of the church age, this has been going on. In Acts 2, 4, you saw in the day of Pentecost when it fully come, verse 4 talks about, and uh, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen? In fact, we not only uh, ministered that message, but we, at the end of service, began to pray for everybody, uh, ask everybody to begin speaking in tongues. And we even prayed for those who had not had that experience yet to uh, have that experience. And I know I've heard it from at least one person that they, for the first time, uh, have that experience now and will never, ever shake it. Amen. And I, I hope to hear from more people that you're walking in that. Amen. Because it is a wonderful gift. And I'll, be, I'll share with you how when that outpouring came in Acts chapter 2, how uh, tongues came with the filling of the Holy Ghost, right? And I said, I wanted to remind you that or to inform some that tongues were not just sideshow phenomenon. It wasn't just some garnish from the side of the, of, the, of the plate for people. 
that tongues was not just, well, you know, whenever you feel an anointing, but tongues came as a gift to the body of Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. And so we were admonishing you to begin to use that gift more often. In fact, we went from talking about garnishment to the tongues being the knife and the fork that you use to get that steak and potato. And uh, we went and they had some steak and potato. I think uh, we were celebrating brother, uh, my brother Warren's birthday. And so they, they took that message to heart on Sunday. <laughs> Amen. And um, so, so as you're, you're doing that, you take these, uh, you know, that knife and fork. The tongues is, is how you enter in. How many of y'all know that, that weed, marijuana, cannabis, whatever they want to call it, is a gateway drug? Not everybody knows. How many of y'all know it's a gateway drug? And when people try to make it like it's some safe, you know, non-assuming thing, they're lying to us. It's, it's a gateway drug. And so as America is, seems hell-bent on legalizing it everywhere, uh, it's a demonic strategy from the pit of hell because what the devil knows is when you go into that, it won't be long before you're into something else. It's a gateway drug. It'll take you into something else. Well, I want you to know that tongues is a gateway into the gifts of the Spirit. Tongues is a gateway into the things of the kingdom of God. And so there are certain places that you can go in God, but there are some places that you cannot go without going through the realm, through the door of tongues. Hallelujah. And so God did not give us this wonderful gift for us just to... Park it on the shoulder on, on the shelf and only use it at certain times whenever you feel an unction from the Holy Ghost. It is the entryway, it is the doorway into greater manifestations of the Spirit. How many of y'all know the Bible says desire spiritual gifts? Well, to, when you desire spiritual gifts, the doorway or the entryway into operating in spiritual gifts is tongues. So you cannot leave tongues as some secondary, perhaps even tertiary thing that you rarely ever pick up, you rarely ever do, because it's something that I don't even think about. you got to think about tongues all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, this is Paul speaking, right? And he says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all, more. He said, I thank my God. He was thankful for the fact that he had the ability to use tongues, but he said thankful that he spoke more than everybody. Now, remember I showed you that in the Amplified Classic Bible. It said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all and, and or, or, or you all together. In other words, Paul had the audacity to, to suppose that he spoke in tongues so much and they spoke in tongues so little that he outspoke everybody. Hallelujah. Put together. And so that's a lot of tongue talking. Whether he meant, whether he meant that it was everybody all put together or whether he meant that he spoke with more than any one of them individually, that's still a great assumption. <laughs> In other words, he's saying, I'm, I do it so much, I can reasonably assume I do it more than anybody. And he said, I thank my God I do it. In other words, speaking in tongues was something to be thankful for. Glory to God. Glory to God. So he said, I do, I speak in tongues with tongues more than you all. More is a quantity number, right? Word. It's not about quality. He wasn't talking about I speak with tongues more eloquently, more fluently than anybody. I know more languages. It wasn't about how many languages he knew. It's about how often he's doing it, how much he's doing it. I thank my God I speak with tongues more 
than you all. It's about quantity. Hallelujah. And so the admonishment to us is that we ought to do the same thing. Now, I, I tried to bring out to you, and I hope I did to some degree, uh, that you understood when he said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues. He goes all the way back in verse 2 when he says, the one who uh, speaks in a tongue. You see the word speak throughout this chapter, and it is not talking about prayer. Hallelujah. It, this word speak is, uh, is laleo. Laleo, listen to what it means. You can even read it. It means to utter a voice or emit a sound, to use the tongue or the faculty of speech, to utter articulate sounds, to talk. To talk. Say to talk. To utter, to tell, to use words in order to declare one's mind and disclose one's thoughts. So sure, tongues are used in prayer. I said, sure, tongues are used in prayer. You know, in that, in that uh, Ephesian, um, Ephesians chapter 6, the layout of the armor, the full armor of God. Yes, sir. Talks about your helmet, have it on the helmet of, of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, your uh, feet shod, the preparation of the gospel of peace, and the loins girt about with truth, and uh, above all, taking the shield of faith. But then he's, he ends up by saying, have the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. But then he says, praying always, Ephesians 6, right around verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So he's talking about even with all your armor, you must accompany that with praying in tongues. So I'm not discounting praying in tongues. What I'm talking about here, though, is speaking in tongues, which when you read the definition there from the concordance of speaking, he's not talking necessarily or any, really at all about prayer. He's talking about just talking. If I'm sitting there talking to Elder Baker and we're just shooting the breeze, I'm not praying to him. I'm not asking him to do anything for me. I'm just talking. How you doing? You good? Good, man. I just want to tell you, that's a nice jacket. Man, those, those shrimp and grits, they were, they were really good. Well, that's prayer. If you're talking to God, wait, it's just talking. It's just talking. See, most of us, our prayer lives, while, they're, while they are so ineffective, is because most of our prayer lives are spent asking God for stuff. I'm going to just look at that light, right? I'm going to look at that light right there. We spend most of our time asking God for stuff. And God is, is he probably wouldn't say it like we say it, but I'm going to say it how we would say it. How are you going to ask me for something that you don't talk to me? You have the audacity, the unmitigated gall to go asking me for something and you don't even talk to me. So we've got to get speaking down first. Are y'all okay tonight? Glory to God. That's something people need to master is speaking to people. Hallelujah. Speaking to people. That'll change your life if you just start speaking to people. Glory to God. You, 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 you get a lot more favor if you just start speaking to people. But that's not my personality. Change it. Change it. That's God's personality. That's Christ's personality. And if he lives in you, get rid of your personality. Take on his personality. Oh, shucks. So Sunday, I begin to give you uh, four benefits of speaking in tongues. Four benefits of speaking in tongues. And Sunday, I gave you two of those, right? 
just a refresher for you tonight. Uh, we, number one benefit we saw there in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, when Paul says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. So we notice the first benefit of speaking in tongues is that you're speaking to God. Everybody say, speaking to God. So I showed you how speaking in tongues or with tongues is a direct connection. Because you're not speaking to men, but you are speaking to God. First of all, isn't it awesome to know that you and I mortals can speak to God? This omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent person that you and I can speak Directly to him. Glory to God. You know there are some people in their faiths, in their religions, they have to speak through somebody else? There are Catholics today who still pray. Every every once in a while I stumble on the Catholic station, uh, the radio station, because they do play some good music from time to time. And then the music goes off, and then they start saying a little prayer. You know, we pray, you know, we're praying, bless the people of the city, bless the people of the nation. Uh, We ask you, Mary. Mary? You're praying to Mary. No, we speak to God. Did y'all catch that? We speak to God. We have a divine or a direct connection to speak to God. Now, what I begin to show you here, and I don't want to belabor this point because I got a lot to do tonight, um, that tongues is heaven's native language. You remember I showed you uh, this same verse 14 too in the King James. He says, for he who speaks in an unknown tongue. The King James keeps that word in there that the new King James and many other translations took out. And I think it would be worth it to you to go back and write it in there, uh, that, or at least remember it, that the word is important, unknown tongue. As opposed to what? Okay, I think that's true. Unknown and known are opposites. That's very good, class. But as opposed to other, remember the other type of tongue I told you? Other. The day of Pentecost, Acts 2, verse 4, when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, they began to speak with other tongues. But when they spoke with those other tongues, the people who were around them visiting in Jerusalem, they understood because they were not unknown. They were other. So people from other nations understood what they said. They were other tongues. They were speaking to God. they're, They're talking to God, but men understood it. But here, specifically, when you're speaking unknown tongues, it says here um, uh, that when you're speaking unknown tongues, you're talking not to men, but to God. Unto men, for no one understands him. Not unto men, for no one understands him. So no one, no man, not even you. Tell your neighbor, not even you. Tell them you don't understand tongues either. So stop trying. Just let it flow. No, tell somebody else. Stop trying. Just let it flow. Okay. Nah. No, no, just let it flow because you don't understand it either. No man understands. It's not a known tongue. You're like, I've never heard that language. That's right. It's a tongue. The Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. For though I speak with the tongues of men and of what? So there's an angelic language 
It's a heavenly, a divine language that is used in heaven. It's heaven's native language. Well, all of our tongues sound different. Well, you may be talking other tongues, or you may be talking in unknown tongues, but do you know that even, even in any language, there are some words that are expressed in English, uh, some English words that are expressed in England that are not used here in America? Y'all didn't say anything. There are some words that they use in England that we don't use in America, though we both speak English. So even though you're speaking an unknown tongue, it's still heaven's one language, and your tongues may sound different than somebody else's tongue. Don't, try, don't get caught up and try to make your tongue sound like anybody else's tongue. Hallelujah. Just let it flow. Tell you, just let it flow. Say it again. Let it flow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So again, let me say this. I got, I got to move on real quick, Chris. I got to move on. He said, you're not talking to men, but you're talking to God. He who speaks in a tongue. Have y'all ever heard messy prayer? Yes. Some of y'all are not sure. Yes. I'm, let, me, let me show you messy prayer because I've heard it right here in this church. Yes. Messy prayer. You're going to lead, lead prayer, but in your prayer, you're praying in English, but you're talking about people. Right. Oh. I better come back over here. You lead in prayer, but you're really spilling the beans on stuff. I've heard it right here in this church. I'm leading prayer. Lord, we help us to get this stuff together because there shouldn't be none of this stuff in our church. Lord, I don't know why the sister's dealing with all kinds of you. you, you ain't, you're, not, you're not talking to God. You're talking to men. You're trying to preach through your prayer. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You, 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 see, you, you act like you ain't never heard it, but you heard it because you're sitting up while they're praying like, well, what, are they, what are they talking about? What's going on? I wonder, I, wonder what's, I wonder what's going on. That's called messy prayer. You're not actually talking to God, you're talking to men. Under the guise of talking to God. <laughs> and that should never be. But the guarantee of tongues is that we're not speaking to men, but we're speaking to God. And we're speaking his native language. Got it? Okay. Now, next thing, not only are you speaking to God, we showed you this Sunday, you're also speaking mysteries. Everybody say mysteries. Now, I talked about that being deeper content or substance, some, a substantive prayer, a prayer that has some, some meat to it. Because our language is limited in, in our English. We're trying to pray things. We don't know what to pray for. And we're trying, we're trying to get the right words out. But how many of y'all know that the Holy Spirit knows the will of God? The Holy Spirit knows the will of God. And when you and I are speaking in tongues, we are speaking what the Bible calls mysteries. That word mystery in the Greek comes from the, from the Greek word uh, mysterion, which means, uh, it means this, hidden thing, secret, generally mysteries. Religious secrets. You see what we're speaking? So there are some secrets that are not known to everybody. Confided only, watch this, to the initiated. How many of y'all have been initiated? All right. That means you're in the family of God. And not to ordinary mortals. Not obvious to the understanding. A hidden purpose or counsel. Secret will of God. The secret counsels which, God, which govern God, which govern, don't, don't anybody get offended by that, but God is governed. Who governs God? Himself, his own counsels. 
the principles that God put in place govern him. God will never break his own laws. He'll never go against his own statutes, his own standards. Those things that he set in place govern him. That's why you can't ask God to give you somebody else's husband. Because he's, y'all didn't say anything. Because he's already established a law. You can't ask God to give you somebody else's wife because he's already established a law. And his counsels govern him. Oh boy. All right. So, so uh, counsel which, which govern God and dealing with the righteous, which are hidden from, the un, from ungodly wicked men, but plain to the godly. So when you're speaking in tongues, you are speaking mysteries. You're speaking the counsel of God. You're speaking the will of God. You're speaking the secrets of God. Well, I don't know what I'm saying. You don't have to know what you're saying. See, see God uses your voice in the earth. Um, in the book of Isaiah, uh, God says, um, I, I have put my word in your mouth that I may plant the heavens. Yes. Look, put on this, find on this in, in for me, Isaiah 40-something. Uh, um, plant, put plant the heavens. You can just search that, that phrase because I, I want you all to see this. Glory to God. What is it? 59, so 40 something was wrong. Okay, <laughs> uh, verse 16. And I have put my words, y'all not catching this. And I have put my words in your mouth. When you're speaking in tongues, you're, it's his words in his language. In your mouth, I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. Why? That I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. So when you speak in tongues, you are allowing God to put his words in your mouth for him to plant the heavens and the earth. Can I get a better hallelujah than that? You're allowing God. You're enabling God to use your mouth to do, we, we talk about, if I, I decree and declare some things. Yeah, but that, that's great what you do in English, but when you speak in tongues, you don't even realize what you are decreeing and declaring in the spirit that, that allow God to get his agenda done. We, we like to use decreeing and declaring to get our agenda done. Y'all quiet on me in this church. We like to use our decreeing and declaring ability because God, I, de I, I decree and declare I'm rich. I decree and declare I'm debt free. But what about allowing God to use our tongues to decree and declare his counsel, his will, say something somebody, his desire, his wants, his needs in the earth. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the sooner you and I get over our own agenda and step over into God's agenda, the quicker he'll take care of your needs the quicker he'll move things in your life as soon as we get out of our own agenda. So when I'm speaking in tongues, Laquanda, it's not because I want something, it's because I'm letting God use me. I'm speaking mysteries. I'm speaking mysteries. I'm speaking things that are unknown in this earth realm, they're known in heaven. But I need thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when I speak in tongues, I am enabling God to send his kingdom and his will into the earth. But I'm preaching 10 times better than y'all letting on right now. Whew. 
Ooh-wee. I'm getting happy myself. I'm encouraging myself to talk in tongues more. I already speak in tongues more than you all. I'm going to speak more. Because I want God's will done. I want God's will done. There are things we don't know, hallelujah, that God will use us to bring manifestation in the earth about. Hallelujah. So we speak mysteries. Remember I told you that Paul who wrote just over half of the New Testament. You read his letters and how many times he talks about mysteries. I make known to you this mystery. I reveal this mystery. How did Paul get all those mysteries, ladies and gentlemen? I speak with tongues more than you all. He didn't have to ask God for it. He's speaking in tongues, and he's, he's speaking mysteries, and he's, as he's sowing that seed, he's reaping revelation. And he knows things that other people don't know. He knew things that Peter didn't know, and Peter walked right there with Jesus. He revealed kingdom secrets that John, who was laying on Jesus' bosom, never knew. I speak with tongues more than you all. Y'all got it? Okay. Now let's go to number three. Number three. So number one was what? You're speaking to God. Number two was what? All right, number three. You're edifying yourself. You're edifying yourself. Now look at this in in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to start at verse 2 again. I'll keep going. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks what? Mysteries. But he who prophesies, he who prophesies speaks what? And and what? Verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, so what's happened is that many people in church take this verse, and because there's a word but, remember dad ministered about the but? Because there's a word but, they magnify the part about prophesying edifying the church. And they say, well, that just that that excludes now the speaking in tongues. But he's not, he's not you please understand, if you read 1 Corinthians 14. That Paul is dealing with two locations. One location is in the church. The other location is outside of the church. You read his writings and he talks about what I'd rather do in the church. So prophecy in the church edifies the church. But he says he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So when you see the word but there, it kind of it makes it look like, well, we shouldn't do that tongue-talking stuff. We should just do the prophesying stuff. Yeah, in church, that's what edifies a church. Remember, he just said in verse 3, go back to verse 3. Go back to verse 3. Hallelujah. Come on. But he who prophesies speaks and, and comfort to men. To men. So when I'm prophesying, my prophecy is for men. But when I speak in tongues, it's for me. Y'all missed it. When I'm prophesying, it's for you. But when I speak in tongues, it's for me. 
Now, you can catch this right here. I'm with me more than I'm with you. I'm with me more than I'm with you. <laughs> I don't need to prophesy under this unction to me. When I'm around you, I prophesy to you. But when I'm by myself, there ain't nobody around. There ain't no organ. There ain't no, ain't no B3. There ain't no drums. There ain't no choir. There ain't no praise. to prep me up. I need to do some tongue talking. Because he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And we all need some edifying. Remember, the Bible says in 1 Samuel uh, 30, David encouraged himself in the Lord. I mean, nobody else was encouraging him. Well, when you can't find anybody to edify you, you got to know how to edify yourself. Now, prophecy will edify you from someone else. If someone else prophesies, it will edify you. But how many of y'all know we're not around all the prophets and all the people all the time? I mean, we, we come here twice a week, and I know it ain't enough, but we only come here twice a week. I mean, we, we, we together about seven hours a week, right? About four on Sunday, about three on Wednesday, you know. We just... Some of y'all complaining that's too much. It ain't enough. But you're with yourself 24-7. So if you're going to encourage yourself or edify yourself, he told us how to do it. He who speaks in a tongue. Now, this can't be prayer then. It's just speaking. It, it, I'm going to show y'all something here tonight. Now, in Jude chapter 1, verse 20, Jude, the apostle Jude writes, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. Can you see that? It's, it's plain. Don't, 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 don't make it difficult. When you're praying in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, or praying in tongues, you are building yourself up on your most holy faith. Okay? Now, coincidentally, maybe not, this build, building yourselves up, or this building is the same word as edifying back here in 1 Corinthians 14. Okay. Now, let me go back here to 1 Corinthians 14 and 4. Y'all have time for this. I hope so. This word edify is the Greek word. I'm going to try to pronounce it correctly. Y'all just stick, stick with me. Oikodomeo. 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 Is that all right? That was good? I heard somebody clap back in the back. Oikodomeo. Listen to what it means. I want you to look, look at this and see, see some, some words in here. To build a house. Erect a building. To build up from the foundation. So you have a foundation. That, now that's Jude 1. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. So you have your most holy faith, but you got to build upon that. 
build up from that. Praying in the Holy Ghost will do that for you. Getting more clarity, getting more wisdom. God, I'm asking you to show me something. But even if you're not asking anything in particular, there's a speaking in tongues that's going to do this. Watch this. He says, uh, build up from the foundation to restore by building. To restore. Everybody say restore. restore. Now, I, I, I got to find some way to get our media department to, to put these words on the screen exactly the way I send them. Because in my, my notes, I highlight or bold in cer certain words because I, I, I want you to notice certain words. To build a house, erect a building, build up from the foundation. To restore by building. I want you to see the word restore. This is all edifying. This is what you do to yourself. You, you got to catch this. You got to see this. You got to see this. To rebuild yourself. Now, y'all going to see some here, boy, in a minute. Boy, it's going to help you. Because you're going to say, Lord, have mercy. To repair yourself. Repair yourself. You're going to see this in a minute. So we got build, we have restore, we have rebuild, we have repair. Metaphorically to found or to establish, to, to establish, to promote growth in Christian wisdom, affection, grace, virtue, holiness, blessedness, to grow in wisdom and piety. All of this comes from speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues then will help restore you and rebuild you and repair you and establish you and promote growth and help you grow in wisdom and piety. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay, I, I got to get going I, for sake of time because I, I got to give you a few points here tonight. First Thessalonians, give me First Thessalonians 5.23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I want you to catch this. This is going to help somebody who's paying attention. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Do you have it? Can you see it? Now may the God of peace himself. No, that's our God, right? Sanctify you completely. And may your, help me out, whole Spirit, come on, soul and body be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now I put the, put the first part of that verse back up. I want you to see the first part of it on the screen. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And watch this. May your whole, everybody say whole. Whole means all of it. Whole is entire, complete. May your complete Watch this. Spirit, soul, and body. Which we know those are the three components that make us who we are. Everybody say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. He said, may the God who of peace sanctify you completely. And he says, 
and may your whole spirit, soul, and body. Now, notice God does the first part. You got to catch this. He's, you, y'all understand grammar, right? You understand how to read sentence structure. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. He didn't say, and may God preserve your whole spirit, soul, and body. Now, the, from the semicolon on, he said it's on you. May your spirit, whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So his desire is that your whole, your entire spirit, your entire soul, and your entire body will be preserved blameless until Jesus comes. Okay, now we're going to see this in a minute. So, so Laquanda, you're catching on. Now give me that same verse, please, in the Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic. It says, and may the God of peace himself do what? Sanctify you how? Through and through. Separate you from profane things. Come on. Make you pure and holy and consecrated to God. Now watch this next part. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That's good, ain't it? Let's look at one more place. The contemporary English version. The CEV. Let's see how this rocks your boat. The CEV. Are you you ready? Let's read. Ready? Go. I pray that God, who gives peace, will make you completely holy. New sentence. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept healthy and faultless until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Now, y'all didn't shout like you saw it. So put it back on the screen. They got to make sure they see this first part. We're going to look at our part. Everybody say this is our part. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept healthy and faultless. Spirit, so your spirit can be healthy and faultless. How many of y'all know that? All right. Soul, healthy. Y'all got quiet. See, y'all, y'all know spirit, okay? I know my spirit can be healthy and faultless. But I'm talking about your soul, too. That means you don't lose your mind. You ain't going crazy. You ain't depressed all the time. You ain't snapping on everybody all the time. You ain't always frustrated and angry and wrathful and mad and you got to cuss nobody out. You ain't got to lose your mind. So spirit, healthy and faultless. Soul, healthy and faultless. Now, you ain't going to like this last part right here. And body be kept healthy and faultless. Well, how am I supposed to do that, Pastor? How do I do that? How do I do that? By building, restoring, repairing. I need to edify myself. Who hears me tonight? Some of y'all look like I don't really care what you're saying, Pastor. Well, you just let everything fall apart if you want to. But somebody's going to hear what I'm saying. 
Somebody's going to hear what the Holy Ghost is trying to help us with. This is a, this is a mystery that God has given to us. So spirit, soul, and body be kept healthy and faultless. So God had, if this is the desire, he had to give us something to make this happen. It doesn't just happen on its own. I mean, John said, I wish the Jew prospered being healthy, even as your soul prospered. It doesn't just happen. There's some effort you got to put into it. So for us to be preserved, uh, spirit, soul, and body, healthy and faultless, something we got to do for that. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Um, were y'all able to pull that article I, I sent? I sent, I sent media an article. I, I like to read um, some of it if I, if I can. Um, come on, if my computer, please don't fail me now. This thing locking up on me. Don't do that. Okay, did y'all get it? Okay, and you were able to scroll through it? No, okay. All right, this is the article from New York Times. It's from, uh, if y'all can see, November 7, 2006. Let me read some of it for you. Y'all listen, you gotta listen. Um, okay. It says, the passionate, sometimes rhythmic language-like patter that pours forth from religious people who speak in tongues reflects a state of mental possession, many of them say. Now, they have some neuroscience to back them up. Now, watch this. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania took brain images of five women while they spoke in tongues and found that their frontal lobes, the thinking, willful part of the brain through which people control what they do, were relatively quiet as were the language centers. Now, that's where all your thinking happens in your frontal lobe, okay? But it says when you're speaking in tongues, this is what the medical study, the science did, a medical study. Found out here's what's happening when you're speaking in tongues. Now, all that shuts down. Or I, I should just say, it's not in control of what's happening. Okay? It said here, um, the regions involved in maintaining self-consciousness were active, the women were not in blind trances, and it was unclear which region was driving the behavior. The images appearing in the current issue of the journal Psychiatry Research, neuroimaging pinpoint the most active areas of the brain. The images are the first of their kind taken during this spoken religious practice, which has roots in the Old and New Testaments. I told y'all that. And in Pentecostal churches established in the early 1900s, particularly 1907 Azusa Street, if you know the, the history. The amazing thing was how the images supported people's interpretation of what was happening. Blah, 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 blah. Um, go down here to the next part. In the study, this was uh, done by a man named Dr. Newberg, researchers found, researchers used imaging techniques to track changes in blood flow in each woman's brain in two conditions. Once as she sang a gospel song, and again while speaking in tongues. Y'all looked it up. Y'all found it. So they compared singing gospel music, well, just sang a good song. That's nice. But gospel music doesn't have the same effect as speaking in tongues. The devil don't mind you singing all kind of good gospel music. 
but it's a different effect. Glory to God. By comparing the patterns created by these two emotional devotional activities, the researchers could pinpoint blood flow peaks and valleys unique to speaking in tongues. Um, next paragraph. Ms. Morgan, a co-author of the study, was also a research subject. She is a born-again Christian who considers the ability to speak in tongues a gift. She says, you're aware of your surroundings. You're really not, you're, I'm sorry, you're not really out of control, but you have no control over what's happening. You're just flowing. You're in a realm of peace and comfort, and it's a fantastic feeling. Now, let me get to this part I thought would be very, very uh, interesting. Um, okay, two paragraphs later. The new findings contrasted sharply with images taken of other, listen to this, other spiritually inspired mental states like meditation. I'm going to read it again. These findings contrasted with meditation, which is often a highly focused mental exercise activating the frontal lobes. So the devil doesn't mind the church even learning about meditation. Transcendental meditation. We're going to do our little yoga pose, and the devil doesn't mind that because he knows one thing is you're opening yourself up to his demonic spirits. Secondly, it ain't doing you any good in your body. Oh, you finding your center. No, you're not. The devil's tricking you into thinking you find your center. That's the same, same way people think, think that they're finding peace by smoking weed. It's a trick of the devil. Oh, boy, the amens are real scarce tonight. The scans also showed a dip in the activity of the region of a region called the left caudate. The findings from the frontal lobes are very clear and make sense, but the caudate is usually active when you have positive effect, pleasure, positive emotions, blah, 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 blah. Um, man, um, there's another thing that I... I missed. I'm missing this part here. Um, but they talked about, well, there's, if you get a chance, when you get home, Google speaking in tongues medical study. And you'll see that through the, through the same study, they found that people who speak in tongues experience more peace Overall, not just during that moment, but overall. Because something's happening to you. You're literally repairing, rebuilding, restoring, renewing, rejuvenating. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. Oh, boy. Okay, let me, let, me, let, let me keep going. Let me keep going, because I got, I got trying to get two points out here. All right, so why do we need to be edified? Why do I need to be edified? I'm going to give you four, four reasons. Sin, sorrow, sickness, and stupidity. Sin, sorrow, sickness, and stupidity. Romans 6.12. Look at the sin one. It says in Romans 6.12, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. 
that you should obey it in its lust. Do not let it. So sin will only reign if you let it reign. Now, you, you will let it reign if you are not strong in your spirit. If you're not holy your spirit, then sin can easily reign. I have news for you, ladies and gentlemen. It will be, it'll be very, very difficult to sin while you're speaking in tongues. Y'all not saying much to me. It'll be very, very, very difficult. I mean, when you're really speaking in tongues. In fact, the more you speak in tongues, the more your spirit gets stronger. Remember, your whole spirit. Spirit gets stronger and you become more resistant to sin. Temptation will come to any and every one of us. But the reason why people yield to temptation is because they have not built up their spirit. They've allowed their body to be strong. Their flesh, their lower nature to be strong, but they've not built up their spirit man. It's your spirit man that enables you to resist temptation. Y'all y'all quiet in this Baptist church tonight. It's just, I thought I'd have a lot more amens because y'all, y'all are living holy, aren't you? And so when, when you're walking with God and you are going to uh, stay in that, in that place of, of purity, you got to stay strong. The Bible says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul told Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you got to be strengthened with might, the Bible says, by his spirit in your inner man. Well, how do you strengthen your inner man? Because as you do that, you are edifying yourself. I showed you the three parts to yourself, spirit, soul, and body, yourself. Anybody falling into sin, they ain't speaking in tongues much at all. I'm going to throw this out here. And it says in Romans chapter 14, uh, I think it is, uh, about, I think right around verse 17, about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost, righteousness, peace, and joy. You want to stay righteous, you got to stay in the Holy Ghost. You want to keep having peace, stay in the Holy Ghost. Want to keep having joy, stay in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And when you speak in tongues, you are speaking in the Holy Ghost, and righteousness will abound in you, and peace will abound in you, and joy will abound in you because you're staying in the Holy Ghost. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. So I can't let sin reign over my mortal body. That I should obey it. It meaning your body. It meaning your body. You know when you sin, you're obeying your body. Your spirit didn't want to do that. Y'all, y'all boy, y'all. Your spirit didn't want to do that. Your spirit knew that's wrong. But your body telling you yes. And you obeyed it. In its lust. The it is your body. Obey it in its lust. The it is not sin. You're not obeying sin, you're obeying your body. In its lust. 
Glory to God. Pastor, I don't know why. I just, I just keep following the sin. You're not praying in tongues. You pastor, you don't understand. The temptation to pull is so strong. Pray in tongues more. What happened is you're not, you're, you have not, you have not um, um, built, restored, rebuilt, or repaired yourself. You've not promoted your growth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you getting anything so far? Stop sinning. Sinners can't stop sinning. That's what they do. Carnal people can't stop sinning. That's what they do. They're still under the flesh. But if you want to weaken the flesh and strengthen the spirit, you get in his word, you eat the word, 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 and you pray it, you speak in tongues. Because when you're doing it, you are fortifying your spirit. So next time, Jiggle old Jock come along. You know Jiggle old Jock, don't you? Next time Jiggle old Jock comes along, just let Jiggle old Jock just keep on, just keep on walking, Jiggle old Jock. Come now, shirt all open, chest all out, all the hair, all, all big old dookie chain on it. Let's keep on going, Jiggle Jock. All the taco meat out. You just let Jiggle Jock just keep on walking, bro. So I need to be edified because of sin. How many of you know sin is out there? Even if you're saved, sin is out there. But don't let sin reign in your mortal body. You, in other words, he's implying you still have a mortal body. You missed that. You still have a mortal body. Oh, no, my, I'm sanctified. Yes, but you still have a mortal body, which is susceptible to sin. Looked in my hands and my hands look new. I looked at my feet and my feet did too. You are a lot. Your hands, your feet are the same feet and hands you had before you got saved. That same tongue, them same eyes and same ears, and those those same likes you had, they were still right there. You need something on the inside to work on your inside so your outside can be under control. So I need to be edified because of sin. I need to be edified, number two, because of sorrow. Somebody say sorrow. Now we're dealing with the area here of the soul. The area of the soul here. I told you this Sunday, I think I said this Sunday at some point, that you know, our aim this year was to become as a church more spiritual, everybody become more spiritual. And one way to tell if people aren't spiritual is because they're still soulless. They're still all a sorrow and the grieving. <laughs> grieving is in the soul. It's not in the spirit. Grieving is in the soul. And if you still oh, get sullen every, every Thanksgiving, you get, 
you know, every, every Christmas you get sad because you're, you're in the soul. Just look straight ahead. Every, if you still get like that, you're in the soul. And if you don't get out of that quickly, it's going to lead to something. Look at this. Look at, um, look at uh, 2 Corinthians 7. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. Would you look at this, please? Look at this. Y'all see it? I know you find it in your Bible, but it's on the screen. For godly sorrow produces repentance. Godly sorrow produces repentance. In other words, when you are sorry about how, you be, how you've lived, how you've behaved, it'll produce repentance. And nobody on this side but Brother Jermaine. When you're sorry for the way you've lived, God, I'm sorry for doing that, it produces repentance. But uh, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but sorrow of the world You better get, get a hold of that. Sorrow of the world. Still grieving over your grandmama. Still grieving over your auntie. Still grieving over your child. Still, that it'll produce death. Y'all better catch. Boy, I'm, I'm telling you better than you, you let know. The devil is a spirit of heaviness. And if you're not careful, you'll allow that spirit of heaviness, that sorrow to consume you. And the Bible says sorrow of the world produces death. Grief will kill you dead. And the devil will love nothing more than for you to get all, stay all in your soul. And please, please ladies and gentlemen, please uh, don't, don't think I'm trying to belittle or, or minimize the, the, the effects of, of, of dealing with the loss of a loved one or loss of something. I, I've been there. I know it for myself. I've been on that front row in funerals. God, the children of Israel were given 30 days, standard. Someone died in the, among the children of Israel, you got 30 days, that's it. 30 days, get all your boohooing, get all your crying out, get all your grieving. Watch all your videos in the first 30 days. Don't watch no videos next year. Don't be having no three-year anniversary for somebody died. Y'all quiet on me. Oh, they, somebody died three years ago. We're going to all meet up and have a three-year anniversary because they died. We, now we have anniversaries of people's death? I thought we had anniversaries for life. Y'all quiet, so I, I'm, I'm in the right place. I'm in the, see, you don't understand. You're playing with that, but godly sorrow will, or, or sorrow of the world, the Bible says, produces death. It robs you of your life. It'll kill you dead. All this mess, we got to get t-shirts made. It's producing death. It's meant, it's, meant, it's meant to tie you to something that's dead. I'm telling you, you got to be careful that you don't allow this godly sorrow to consume you because it's going to eat away at your soul, at your soul, at your soul. And your soul is a filter by which everything passes into your body. That's why it'll produce death. 
So why do I need to speak in tongues? Because when I speak in tongues, I begin to repair myself. I got hit by a loss of something, but I need, I need to repair myself. I need to restore myself. I need to encourage myself. I need to rebuild myself. Oh, I, I took a loss, but I need, I, need, I need to get back up because I can't let this consume me because if I let it consume me, it will kill me. Somebody at home, you better get a hold of this. That's what's happening. This is exactly what's happening in our bodies. The devil like nothing more than for us to keep meditating on death, on loss, allowing the grief to overtake us rather than letting the joy of the Lord, joy in the Holy Ghost, overtake us. So I need to edify myself. Glory to God. Glory to God. I need to edify myself. I need to build myself up. I need to rebuild. I mean, deaths, losses, they hurt. I mean, it don't have to be a, a somebody dying graveyard day. It could be so you went through a divorce and it just took all the wind out of you. That's a death of something. A business that you have invested all your money and all your time in, and all of a sudden that business is gone. It's a death nonetheless. Dream that was stolen. It, it was just, it's gone. But if you let that sorrow consume you, it'll kill you. Well, how do I get back? Not, not, not singing gospel music. The studies show. The, God, I love gospel music, but gospel music doesn't have the same effect. Matter of fact, some gospel music will keep you in that mournful state. Never would have made it. Never would have made it without you. I would have lost it all. <laughs> and what they got to do is still thinking about that thing. You're still singing, but you got that thing on your mind. Oh, I went through that. And everybody dance to that song, don't they? Then, then somebody had a nerve to remix it. Never would have, never would have, never would have made it. I mean, come on. Now we're going to remix that. And you ought to know something better because that's the same song they play in the club. They play that same song in the clubs. You know why? Because sorrow of the world. It's a sorrow of the world. It's not meant to strengthen you. It's a sorrow of the world. You can tell them I said it. I got to pray in tongues more. I got to speak in tongues more. Now, my whole spirit, soul, and body, we all right? So sin, sorrow, sickness, 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 because he said my whole spirit, soul, and body be kept healthy and faultless. Well, Pastor, now you know sickness don't come. I'm not telling you sickness ain't going to come. I'm telling you how you're going to make it through it. 
how you going to come out of it. We know the scripture, Proverbs 8, 18, 14, the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? Well, if my spirit broken, I need to repair it, rebuild it, and restore it. Y'all better remember what I'm saying. If my spirit is broken, I need to repair it, rebuild it, and restore it. Because I can't go into a sickness with a broken down spirit. Because if a sickness with a broken down spirit, it can be a, it can be a, 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 a nominal sickness. It can be some little common cold kind of sickness. But if you, you got a broken spirit, it'll take you up out of here. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. I, I, I saw it. I, Google it when you get home. Google the, the, the scientific or medical studies on speaking in tongues, and you will see that they also prove that, that, oh my God, that speaking in tongues builds your immunity system. Good God Almighty. Thank you. There it is. <laughs> There have also been some, some inquiries concerning the efficacy of speaking in tongues and its benefit to the human immune system. There is some evidence to suggest that praying in the spirit, also known, known as speaking in tongues, may enhance immunity by some chemicals released from a part of the brain. You know why we made it through COVID? Just look up the studies for yourself. You'll see it. I saw one, I, I can't find it right now, but you'll see it. It talked about how uh, they saw the effects of speaking in tongues on the endocrine system. Some of y'all looking it up. You looking it up, aren't you? You see? You see? What, what does you see? Oh, you saw it a couple weeks ago. Endocrine system talked about your uh, pituitary gland. Uh, it talked about the various effects it has on all different parts of your body. It's talking about, ladies and gentlemen, our bodies being preserved. Because, listen... Y'all already know that God created these bodies to repair themselves. Some of y'all don't have your hands up. Listen, if God would create a lizard with the ability to regenerate a tail, and we are the masterpiece of God's creation, we are the flagship, Minister Barbara, of God's creation. You don't think God, that the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are much more intricate and much more complex than a, than a lizard. Than a lizard. So you don't think our bodies have been designed by God to replenish, to refurbish, to repair, to restore themselves? We know it naturally speaking. If you were to cut your hand today, by the time you wake up in the morning, it's going to be scarred over because your body is mending itself. It's natural. You know that. Well, you want to turn it into, into hyperdrive and overdrive. All the time. Because he that speaks in an unknown tongue 
edifies himself. He repairs himself. You can repair yourself. I'm not discounting doctors and medicine. All I'm telling you is that there's something that God has put on the inside of us that we put to the side. Edifies himself. Okay, I got, I got to finish here. Sin. Sorrow. Sickness. Stupidity. Stupidity. Because there's a lot of stupidity out there. In fact, the world, I'm going to show you this here, the world is nothing but stupidity. Y'all didn't like that. The world is nothing but stupidity. We have no business listening to the world about anything. The world is nothing but stupidity. And the problem with the church is the church, much of the church is listening to the world as if the world is the one with all the wisdom. Ephesians 4. Lord, have mercy. Ephesians 4, verse 17 through 19. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you, believers, born-again Christians, should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the what? In the what? Of their mind. What does futility mean? Somebody tell me. Stupidity. That's, that's okay, thank you. We, we can give a lot of dictionary words, but we're just going to summarize it as stupidity. Futility means waste, wait, wasteful. It's, it's wasted. Futile. No, producing no effect. There's no real, real um, benefit to it. You use the word, uh, phrase, futile efforts. They produce nothing. So the world is walking in the futility of their mind or the stupidity or the waste, waste, wastefulness, we could say, of their thinking. So however the world thinks is futile. Okay, keep going, verse 18. And here's why. Verse 18. Having their understanding darkened, come on, being alienated from the what? Because of the what? Ignorance. Ignorance is another word for stupidity. That is in them. That is in them. So the world is full of stupid. Cato, the world is full of stupid. Don't listen to the world. They're full of stupid. Why? Because they've, they've, they've disconnected them from, themselves from God. The Bible even says in Romans chapter 1, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. That's stupid. When you can plainly see truths of God and you exchange it for a lie, that's stupid. Because of the ignorance or the stupidity that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Now remember, when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself, you promote growth in Christian wisdom, you promote growth in Christian wisdom, affection, grace, virtue, holiness, blessedness, to grow in wisdom and piety. So all of a sudden now I see that the more I speak in tongues, catch this, the smarter I get. Y'all didn't like that. The more I speak in tongues, the smarter I get. 
Say it with me. The more I speak in tongues, the, more I speak in tongues, the, smarter, I get. the smarter I get. I heard somebody use the word wise. We could say that. The more I speak in tongues, the wiser I get. Now, it's not the wisdom of this world. It's the wisdom that is from God, which is above the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. <laughs> so when I speak in tongues, remember, I'm speaking mysteries. I'm speaking the counsels of God. The counsels of God is what established the whole universe, D. The counsels of God is what established the earth, the exact distance it is from the sun so that we wouldn't freeze and we wouldn't burn. That's the counsels of God. It's the counsel of God that established the whole ecosystem of this earth. Man's system, man's wisdom trying to figure out how we can go live on Mars. Man, that's stupid. That's about like trying to build a tower up to heaven. You're going to drop dead, fool. Up 35,000 feet in the air with no cabin pressurized, you know, you, you're going to drop dead. And God knows, no, you don't have inside you what it takes to live up there. That's why he destroyed the tower. So if God meant for us to live on Mars, he would have put everything on Mars that we needed to live there. But they're going to keep trying. They're going to get an A for effort. But it's man's wisdom, and it's futile. But when you speak with tongues, you begin to access the wisdom of God. Mysteries. Okay, I got four minutes to nine. All right. Four benefits. You're speaking to God. You're speaking mysteries. You edify yourself. Four reasons why you got to edify yourself. Sin, sorrow, sickness. Now, let's give you the fourth reason or the fourth benefit, the last one I'll give, of speaking with tongues. Go over to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, through verse 18. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So notice this part here now about singing. Can we say praise? praise? Verse 16. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, bless, we're talking about now praising, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen? At your what? Amen. So we know we're talking about praise and worship here. Do y'all see that? At your giving of thanks. So this is thanksgiving, blessing, singing. Since he does not understand what you say. So if I, in other words, if I sing in the spirit at all times, people around me can't amen what I'm saying because they don't know what I'm saying. So what do I do? Remember he, he said, my conclusion is, I'm going to pray with the spirit, I'm going to pray with understanding. I'm going to sing with the spirit and I will sing with understanding. So around you, 
I will sing with, under, with understanding. But there are times when I'm not around you. Most of the time, I'm not around you. That I, need, I can sing with the Spirit. <laughs> are y'all getting this? And in sing with the Spirit, he tells me, I'm 16, blessing. Bless the Lord. I'm also giving thanks. Thank you, Lord. 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 That's all you can say. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Lord. It's good to say thank you, Lord. But you can go deep in your thanks. He says, since he doesn't understand what you say, verse 17. For indeed, watch this. You give thanks well. Here's one of those buts again. But the other's not edified. So what the church does is they say, well, see that but? Don't do that because the other ain't edified. Yeah, right, when I'm, not, when I'm around you. But what Paul did say, when I do it, though, I'm giving thanks well. So not only in speaking in tongues do I, am I speaking to God? Am I speaking mysteries? Am I edifying myself? Well, number four, I'm perfecting praise. I'm perfecting praise. Because he said, I give thanks well. I don't know who sees this tonight. He says, you indeed give thanks well. You're doing real good when you're, when you're singing in the spirit. <laughs> when you're praising God in tongues. He says, you're giving thanks well. Now, we know we like to give God thanks. But how many of y'all like, like to give God thanks well? He says, you want to do it well, do it in the spirit. Not about how melodic you are. Not about how voluminous you are. But doing it in the spirit. And John, put up John 4 and verse 24. Hoo John 4, let me put my glasses on so I can see it. John 4, 424. Put up John 424. Watch this. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in So there's a place of worship and a place of praise and thanksgiving that you can't hit in the natural. And you do, you do pretty good when you're hallelujah, thank you, Lord, praise God, I give you praise, but you're going to run out of words pretty soon. Yeah, let, let, me, let, me, let me help you something when you say that. Because this, this is the picture that just came to mind. If, if you were, um, if, you, <laughs> if you ran upon uh, some young lady, let's say she's from, um, I'm talking to the guys, by the way. If you ran upon single guys, if you ran upon some young 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 lady and she's from, let's say, um, uh, Brazil, and you're going, hey, how you doing? You know, my name is uh, Caleb. Remember that we were at that restaurant, and you you, you were trying to holler at that at that waitress. And, and, Am I right about it? You remember they trying to? You're going to shoot this shot. 
Now, what really, what really hit it was when he used Spanish. We were at a Spanish restaurant. And when he used Spanish, oh. You, you got to catch this. So you can shoot your shot in English. But when you use her native tongue. So we can praise God in English all we want to, and we can, do, we can do pretty good. But when we move to his native, remember the tongues of men and of angels. When we read in Isaiah 6, and the angels, they cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. That, that's translated in English for us. They're not in heaven saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're not, they're not using English. They're using the tongues of angels. So if you want to get on an angelic level, oh my God, if you want to praise God on, a, on an angelic level, you can praise him in tongues, you can sing in tongues, you can worship in tongues, and it puts you on a whole different level in your worship. He said when you do this, you, do, you give thanks well. Thanksgiving and blessing the Lord in tongues is considered by the Apostle Paul through the Holy Ghost doing well. Boy, this is, y'all have got the bus load tonight. Doing well. How many of y'all want to do well? Hallelujah. When you, boy, you speaking in tongues when you worship and praising God, you ain't got to be in the right key and the right tune and you might change three keys. You just, you just it, don't, it don't matter because it ain't about the melody. It ain't, ain't, about, ain't about the volume. It ain't about the notes. It's about, it's about from your spirit. From your spirit. Singing unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me give you three, three places there real quick. Ephesians 5.19. In fact, start at verse 18, Ephesians 5, 18. Do not be drunk with the wine which is in dissipation, which is dissipation, but be filled with the who? Spirit. Filled with the who? Spirit. How? Speaking, Speaking to one another. Put that in the King James because I think the King James um, says something different. It's a better word. Yeah, thank you. Speaking to yourselves. Because he's telling you how to be filled. I don't get filled speaking to you. you Y'all got to catch King James. King James has it right. Go back to verse 18. Back to verse 18. Verse 18. Glory to God. Be not drunk with the wine where, where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. This is how you get filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves. See, I don't get Phil speaking to you. For that, to be, for that to happen, I have to be with you. I'm at home. I need to be filled on Tuesday. I need to be filled on Friday morning, and y'all ain't nowhere to be found. Well, what do I do? I speak to myself. In psalms and hymns, and watch this. Spiritual, Spiritual songs. 
singing and making melody in your heart. It's, so this is all internal. This is all in you. This is not you in a group. This is not congregational hymns. This is you singing and making melody to the Lord. This is you, you from your own heart. This is you saying, speaking psalms. We have psalms. Hymns, which are taking the psalms and putting them to music. And now spiritual songs. What makes the song spiritual is birthed out of the spirit. And the purest, cleanest song out of your spirit is in tongues. Well, that don't make any sense. Well, you can't sing anyway, so just, just do it. It don't, it don't matter if it makes sense or not. What does that matter if it don't make any sense? It's to the Lord. This is 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 to the Lord. People might, might think you sound like a bullfrog on a lump, but you just as long as it's, it's you to the Lord. Another place, Acts 2-4. Acts 2-4. I'm over time, so hurry up. Acts 2-4. Acts 2-4. I'm going to give you 2, verse 4 and 11. Chapter 2, verse 4 and verse 11. And they were all filled. Um, sorry. Uh, I, I need, give, me, give me the New King James. Why would y'all switch to the NIV? It's probably not going to matter. Um, you can say it if you want to. Okay, we'll change it. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with what? As the Spirit gave them utterance. Other tongues. Other tongues. Right? Now go to verse 11. Cretans and Arabs, here's what they said. We hear them speaking in our own tongues. What? So when they're speaking in tongues, what are they doing? They're praising God. The wonderful works of God. This is what all those people, the 3,000 people plus that were in Jerusalem, they heard the 120 praising God. And they heard, they heard them praising, they were praising in tongues. We know they were speaking in tongues. But they were praising God. And according to Paul, they were doing well. Boy, boy, boy. If this don't change your life at home, if this, this don't change your car ride to work, if this don't change your car ride when you go into the mall way over in the county, boy, I tell you, nothing will. You can lay down, go to bed, speaking in tongues. Matthew 21, 16, then we'll go home. Has this helped anybody? Is anybody encouraged to speak with tongues more? This is when Jesus has made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He's, remember, he's riding the donkey into Jerusalem, and they've crowned him, you know, they're crying Hosanna, they made him, you know, he's the king and so forth, and the religious folk get mad, right? Yes, and the people, they said to him, verse 16, do you hear what these are saying? They're telling Jesus, asking Jesus, do you hear what these children, these people are saying about you? Do you hear that? In other words, they want him to stop them. And Jesus said to them, yes. In other words, yes, I hear them. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have done what? Now, wait a minute. Y'all are jumping ahead of me. Out of the mouth of babes, babies, 
and nursing infants. King James says sucklings. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, nursing infants, the ones who are still sucking on the breast. He said, out of their mouth, you have perfected praise. What do we know the similarity between babes and nursing infants that we don't have as grown-ups? Huh? They babble. They babble. Unintelligible words. Y'all are getting this by next Sunday. Y'all, you're not. God said the most perfect praise comes out of unintelligible words. I'm going to come back over here. The most perfected praise come out of words and sounds that don't make sense. And the babies don't even know what they're saying. And he said, that's perfect praise. Well, y'all miss. He said, that's perfect praise. It ain't about and how many runs you can do. He said, that's perfect praise. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, nursing infants, you have perfected praise. When I really want perfect praise, I get out of the mouth of those ones who they don't make, it don't make no sense what they're saying. So God could care less about how many runs you can do and how you can crown your voice. and oh, he, they, that, that doesn't move God. It's when you're allowing his spirit. The Bible says that deep calls the deep as the noise of the water falls. God draws. Oh, God. God draws out of your spirit a perfect praise. And when you open your mouth and let. That's why the Bible says in Acts 2 verse 4. And they begin to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. They opened their mouths and the spirit gave them utterance of praise. Y'all are missing it. The Spirit gave them utterance of praise. So it's a perfected praise. And God didn't want us trapped in our melodies and our rhymes and our rhythms and repetitions. Now again, I'm not talking about when we're in the church setting. I'm talking about when you're riding in your car. Ironing. Doing the dishes. Walking through the mall. Washing your car. Laying in your bed. Oh, what are you saying, Pastor? I don't know, but God has given me utterance. And it's a perfect praise. Well, it don't sound that good. I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to him. Come on, get on your feet. Come on, get on your feet. That's it. We're out of time. We're out of time. Oh boy. Me to put up put up this last verse. Put up 1 Corinthians 14 verse 39. 
send you home with this. Therefore, brethren, this is how Paul concludes all this. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. And do not forbid speak with tongues. Give me that in Amplified Classic, because this is for you and me. Amplified Classic. To conclude, brethren, earnestly desire to set your hearts on prophesying, on being inspired to preach and teach and to, to interpret God's word. This is for everybody. Yeah. Everybody be inspired to preach and teach God's word. Yeah. And look at this. And do not forbid or hinder, that's what I want you to see, or hinder speaking in unknown tongues. That means, catch this, don't hinder anybody else and don't hinder yourself. That's what I want you to see. Don't hinder yourself. Don't try to control yourself. No, I can't, can't do that. You pull yourself back. No, I can't do that. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. Y'all got it? Just, just let it flow. Don't hinder yourself because... God is using those tongues for a perfect praise. You know, he wants a perfect praise. Yes. Angels' praise is perfect. How many of y'all believe that? Yes. We praise in that heavenly, divine, angelic language. It's a perfect praise. Hallelujah. You may not have the, have the tonation like, a, <laughs> like an angel, it might sound like a, like a hyena to natural men. But if it's you and God, your praise is beautiful in his ears. Did y'all get anything out of that tonight? Just lift your hands and lift your voice for a moment. Just take, just take a minute and a half and just, just speak in tongues for a minute and a half. Come on. Come on.